On this episode of the Digital Marketing Podcast, we are talking about how to get noticed with your content on social, on your website, on anything digital, to be quite honest. And to do that, I am talking with Adam Hunt from White Label Comedy. The Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Active Resistance Against Bad Digital Marketing. This is the Digital Marketing Podcast. This is episode number 29, and it was recorded in June of 2020. Okay, so um, content, right? We all have to write content. We all have to make content. We all have to... um, produce stuff on social media on our websites and all this kind of stuff but you know what really grinds my gears the fact that a lot of content that we produce is just noise right it's just things that we want to say it's just cold-hearted sales messages and the fact is is that one of the key mistakes is that we don't understand and get our audience and our audience sometimes want to be engaged and they want to be entertained so I thought on this episode of the Digital Martin Podcast, I will talk to Adam Hunt, who um, owns and runs and is part of um, White Label Comedy, which is a company which provide um, a service of basically a hive mind of comedians and writers who will produce that content for you on your behalf that will engage and um, your audience how you would like them to be engaged with and how they would like to be engaged with. So I hope you enjoy this interview um, with Adam Hunt from White Label Comedy. Okay, here with me I have Adam Hunt from uh, the White Label Comedy Company. Uh, Adam, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. All good. Good, good. Now, I've invited you on today because you have a, you you essentially, your job is amazing because you essentially just sit in a sort of room, well, not a room at the moment, in a Zoom call full of uh, comedians and just talk and sort of spit out ideas all day, every day. Is that not your job? Do you know what? It's, I'm not going to lie. I, I seem to have built a pretty fun world for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's not it's not a bad place to be. That's for sure. They're, they're hard to control, but it's uh, it's a fun it's a fun world to work in. It's a monkey cage, I can imagine. In some cases, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, now let's let's explain uh, explain what you do. So, well, why don't you do that yourself? Introduce yourself. What is it that you do exactly? Why not? Why not? All right, look. So, why? white label comedy is basically it, it's a company that evolved out of the two halves of my own career. Half mm-hmm. of my life has been as a TV producer. Half of my life has been working in advertising and branded content on the TV side. When you when you're lucky, you're swimming in comedy writers and they're helping you make a script funny. When you're not lucky, you're on your own. But either way, you know, maybe half of that world was fun. And on the branded content side. Loads of my clients would be clamoring for entertaining, engaging content, but well aware they couldn't afford it. And what, mm-hmm. what I, one thing that I knew was that all of the comedy writers that I've worked with, they are grossly overpaid while working in writers' rooms for panel shows, and then they're unemployed for four days a week. So they're yeah. desperately looking for a more flexible way to use their, their, their funny bones. So mm-hmm. we paired the two together, and basically White Level Comedy exists to help brands entertain, engage, and sort of sell in a slightly less obvious way. Uh, because I, th- I think, you know, one, one thing we can all agree is that 
saying buy this now doesn't work anymore, but entertaining <laughs> us may may work if if you do it in the right <laughs> way. So yeah, that's that's us in a nutshell. But, but, but it's a really good point, and I think it really hits at something that we've got a real problem with. Because let's be honest, we went through the the you know the the golden era of advertising in the eighties and the nineties on TV, where we had some fantastic, engaging copy and marketing and entertaining stuff, and we had Morecambe and Wise advertising cigars and uh, and people like that. And then we kind of got into the digital modern shiny new era and then suddenly everybody just started to go boring again is that is there a symptom of something that we've come into here in this modern age do you know what i don't know whether it's a symptom of 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 the modern age what i do think it is is let's separate tv and and social for a second because on on tv you still do have some brands who are you know they, they, they put money into their into their creative you know there are funny ads some choose not to go with funny ads but the funny ads still exist in that space but mm. funny ads are expensive because comedy writers are expensive so mm. I, I think when it comes to social there are brands that there are brands that are brilliant on on tv that give us really really great funny ads but they just they don't know how to resource their social media teams to, to have anywhere like the same sort of tone of voice so there's a real disconnect where they're just not following through uh, that tone i think you know you just you need so much content on social that you you, you know you, you you can't pay the price you'd pay for a for a 30 second tv ad and put that into a tweet it's just not not going to work so yeah i i, I think I think people are also being more cautious, and there's, you know, there's there's lots of that, you know, some of the times, etc. But I, but I do think it's it's just that people don't really know how to do social, and I, th- I think they're sort of taking they're, they're they're taking TV ideas and they're and they're and they're they're not they don't know how to to translate them into something that's that's meant for conversations. I think I think I couldn't agree with you more. I think you're absolutely right with with what you say. I think the thing what the we are symptomatic of is a little bit is we uh, we have a lot of. Um, uh, how can I put this? Copycats that go on that happen yeah. on social. So they see something, then they copy it and they try and do it themselves, but it doesn't quite work for them. But what we do have on social, we do have a lot of brands, and you know there are a lot of lot of ones that spring to mind. For example, you know the the um, the brutal rivalry that we know about between KFC and um, is it. Is it Burger King or is it McDonald's? Whoever it is, you know that br- brutal Twitter rivalry that they have, which is absolutely comedy goals in, in some cases. Um, we do have certain brands that are out there that do a really good job creating a fantastic, engaging message on social media. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that that's the thing that's that, that you know the difference between the brands that don't really know how to do social and the brands that are bossing it is that chasm is huge. Mm. Um, but it's actually it's such a simple step it's just it's just you know look at what the rest of twitter is doing look at what the rest of facebook is doing and just think well what you know what's our brand's part in the conversation you know like you say brands like you know kfc i think mcdonald's and wendy's have a brilliant a brilliant rivalry that i'm i'm not mm. convinced isn't fake um <laughs> and you know innocent smooth innocent smoothies to but to sh- to show you like just how much this is all about nailing your audience and, and getting mm. to know them innocent smoothies i don't know if they're still doing it but for ages were just every day just tweeting reminding us what day it was and that that was <laughs> that was getting you know that was getting a hundred times the traction of a, a well-crafted you, you you don't need to be a comedy writer to to be funny and entertaining on social you just need to be clever you just need to you know yeah th- just just think about it 
Absolutely. Let's draw this back because I think I, the, the, you, you are right. There's a massive chasm between certain brands that do that do and don't do this. And I think there is a, a missing trick to be had. And I think some people are worried or scared that, well, the, the people that do this, are they, you know, they're the big brands um, that do this. And, you know, I'm going to need... Um, I'm not that creative. I'm going to need a lot, a lot of money to be able to get creative minds to be able to to work on it and things like that. However, really, we live in a social world. We don't need we don't need big books to be able to think of, think in that way. But in order to strip it back, is there not an argument to be said that you need the right brand to be able to sort of carry this across to carry this message across? Uh, no, For example, no, I, I, I think- can't see co-op funeral care trying to do <laughs> trying to carry this brand they're trying to carry this message because they're not going to carry it i i think what's important is that you always start with your audience now yeah mm. if you're trying to sell a hearse and a coffin then you know that the the levers that are going to move that audience into action probably aren't based in you know in in, in, in the sort of sense of humor you can bring to the table but yeah. It doesn't mean there isn't humour that co-op funeral care could deploy. It's, you know, it's a, a, a great example, you know, right now with, with everything that's going on in the world, no one's going to make jokes about coronavirus. Don't don't, don't trivialise it, but make jokes about the relatable moments we're all finding ourselves in. And, Absolutely. and th- those are what yeah. we need. And I think the, sa- the same could be true for funerals. You know, there are, there are actually so many really relatable moments, things we all go through. And we, you know, we're British. We love gallows humour. I, I, I think that co-op funeral care could, could, could pull <laughs> it off with, with, you know, with the right team behind them. Obviously that's the other thing is do it wrong. And, you're 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 on a hide into nowhere. I think yeah. that, that what recently there's so what one brand that's really stuck out as doing committing the cardinal sin as far as I'm concerned, which is just trying to be funny without having decided either what you're going to say or even how to think about who your audience are is. Snickers posted this tweet the other week that was just so it, it was I, they sort of mashed the keyboard and, and it was like straw poll, uh, you know, Welsh town name or <laughs> something. And I found it funny, but it had nothing to do with them. It had nothing to do with their audience. Mm. It was it was really it was a really poor choice. So long as you start with what's my message and then work out from there and go. You know, sometimes the message can just be we're funny. So, but you need mm. to have had that two stage process. What is the message? All right who's our audience how you know how are we gonna how are we gonna engage them i, th- I think that's the di- the thing that makes the difference that's what moves the needle from from you know danger to to safety that's a really interesting thing let's go let's go into that because i think you you i trivialized it and made a joke saying you you know you, you spend you spend your whole day sitting in a room uh, or on a zoom call at the moment in front of a load of comedians what is that process like you say you you establish what your audience is that's absolutely key i presume that when you're uh, working with clients you ask them what is your you know what is your audience you know you, they probably already have that set in place what is that process once you've established who that audience is going to be when you're sat there in that room well, I, th- I think step one for us is we, we always have a sort of two-stage brainstorming process. So step one is to come up with lots of things we could talk about. So you know, again, because it's really important for the brand to be uh, to, to 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 be involved in themselves in the conversations that matter to their audience. So you've got the audience. Now we make a big list of things that might matter to them. So you know, we we recently did some work for an independent living uh, community that I love them because they came to me and they said, look, we want to be sort of like the grace. I don't know. If seen the sitcom Grace and Frankie but it's, it's basically yeah. it is badly behaved older people that are <laughs> unapologetic and empowered you know want to be the Grace and Frankie of the of, of the independent living community world so 
brilliant starting point to begin with. But so, you know, yeah. what you need is, is a big list of the different things that uh, their audience might care about. And obviously they already had that big uh, broad list, you know, the NHS pensions, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. we go into each of those in detail and we just, we, we you know, we just try and work out what, what might be of interest? What you end up with is basically a list of, you know, 150, 200 different sort of topics, subtopics that you can throw ideas at. <clears throat> we then again, look, you know, we choose the best. We choose the ones that we think are already topics that are going to resonate. I think another thing that really helps with this kind of comedy is topics where uh, divisive topics can be useful, but you want to make sure that most of your audience has the same opinion because then you can make a joke that lines up with you know what what they believe in and that that makes it more likely for for them to want to share it so we'll choose the topics that we think work best and then everyone again every, you know everyone throws everyone throws jokes at it now we actually we don't spend our life on a zoom call we, we sort of run it between zoom and slack so mm. you know we 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 basically have buckets for every, you know, buckets for every single kind of topic and topic area. Everyone throws their jokes in and then we, we go through and we take the best and we finesse it. So, you know, it, it's, it's really fun, silly world. And, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's so funny. Just, I, I'm not a writer. And that, that's one thing as well is, you know, I, I'm, I'm produced by trade. I'm used to marshalling other people's funny ideas, which means that mm. I'll, you know, I'll sit there very seriously debating the merits of a joke, forgetting to actually laugh out loud. We just be like, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. And it, it, you sort of, you, it, it becomes, it's actually quite an objective process it's not you know we're not sitting there it's not a laugh a minute it's it's very functional is mm. that good enough does it deliver on the you know are people going to want to share it and then we uh, crucially you know we we then take the very best and we give that to the client so you know the client never sees what goes on inside our inside our hive mind that that's top secret you know they mm. get they get the best 10 percent because it means that we can throw shit at a wall and you need to throw shit at a wall because that's the comedy writing process Hmm. Absolutely, and I think, and you know what? It's it's really interesting. First of all, first point to say: if you haven't watched Grace and Frankie, anyone listening, you should. It's one of the best comedies on TV at the moment. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, the other point was I've been recently listening to um, the uh, uh, the Scrubs podcast with Zach Braff and Donald Faison, and they're going, they're rewatching all the Scrubs programs. Obviously, with lockdown and all that kind of thing, it's really interesting to hear when um, Bill Lawrence comes on, who was the showrunner at the time, when he was talking about what the writers' room was like and. It sounds like that kind of process where you're just throwing stuff. You sit there, you throw stuff, you mull it over, you write stuff down, you go over it and go over it again. And ultimately, it's the showrunner slash producer that that sits down and goes, "Yeah, this is funny. That's funny. I like this. No, I don't like this. We're going to move. We can we can change the perspective on this joke." And it that it sounds like that kind of process. Yeah, do you know what? It, it, that's an analogy we we've used quite a lot. It, we really, you know, we do generate content like the Americans write sitcoms. I think that that's mm. the only analogy for it. And I, I think you know, it's it's something that that it's it's only possible because we're remote. You know, we we we, yeah. we very deliberately, you know, n- none of our writers are working like full time with us, and none of our writers work even you know even a full day. It's our writers' room is designed to dip in, see what someone else has written, build on it, layer it up crack on with your day so we we are able to get the the most brain power you collectively for you know with the least amount of input from anyone i think that's that's you know it, it sort of apes the american model but on a on a very british budget for sure yeah absolutely i mean the concept is fantastic i absolutely and i mean i truly mean it i absolutely love it and we're talking about it now and i get i get excited about it think thinking about the the possibilities because i have a you know i've got a range of clients that i work with on a day-to-day basis where i'm thinking yes absolutely you know this audience that i'm that i try and work with um for this client would absolutely and 
dire need of, of just some engaging, engaging content rather than the same old sales message tripe that they get time after time after time um, from from the clients, say. And what what is it? You know, is there is there something, um, you know, data, information, stats that we know about where, you know, if you are, um, and I'm sure there has been, I'm sure there's been research done into this, um, uh, you know, throughout TV and all that kind of stuff to say that if you create content which is funny, comedic, it's definitely going to engage you more than it than it is if you just, you know, downright sales message. Do you know what? So my, my, my favourite stat and my favourite example, it kind of sits halfway between an actual stat with some research and then my own inferences, my own inferences layered on top. Because I think yeah. we've, we've been doing lots of lots of our own research recently, just just trying to, you know, obviously, as, as you're well aware, you know, marketing ourselves is as much of a, a, as a of an interesting challenge mm. as, as anything else. So, you know, trying to trying to get heads around it. And one stat that I really, really uh, sort of really resonated was just that. I think it was from a book, a book by a guy called Mark Schaefer called Marketing Rebellion. And it's basically that, you know, in terms, if you look at the, the total impact of your marketing, only a third of that comes from the things that you say about yourself. And two thirds mm. of it comes from the things that other people say about you. Now, what what, mm. what I love, and, and this bit is conjecture, but I, be, I fully believe it. And I'd love there to be a way to back it up with stats is when we make a joke you know if, if you post a joke if i post a joke if my brand posts a joke that is a story we're telling about ourselves so in theory that falls into the uh, less the, the less effective category but the second someone else shares that re- retweets mm-hmm. it reposts it they're then telling a story about us you know it's not just the content of the joke but they're saying hey these guys are funny they're saying you should you, you would enjoy this you know to, to my followers now the other really important thing here is that hidden in every joke, there's a hidden truth, right? So a joke is just two things that shouldn't fit together, but you've made them fit together with a cleverly placed twist. You know, our brains jump a gap. We, we enjoy that. We get a little spark of joy. That's why jokes work. That's the really boring comedy 101. Now, if you think of it in those terms, if you can make that hidden truth about you and your brand, so, you know, the, the, the hidden truth that gives you the twist, paints your brand in a positive light, then by giving someone a joke to share, not only are they telling your story and saying you're awesome, they're, they're also sharing that bit of good news about you. But even when all you're doing is making jokes about them and their world, they are still telling the story, these guys are cool. And I think that there has been mountains of research that, that, that shows that, you know, trying to sell too soon before people have been warmed up to you, aware of you, you know, mm. before they're, they're keen on you is, is useless. It's pointless. It's, it's a waste Absolutely. of effort. And I, and I think comedy is, is a huge part of, um, of, of, of that process. And also I think really crucially comedy gives you something, something to say. I think, I think lots of brands struggle what, what do we post if we're not saying here's you know here's the new diet Coke can like th- mm. there are other things you know, instantly it gives you a way to, make your brand a part of any other conversation i think that's really powerful mm-hmm. yeah no absolutely I, I i agree with you 100 i think um what an interesting point i, I do want to share with uh, well what share want to make is you know when we're talking a lot now about um a, a, a b2c uh, kind of market what must be a struggle for you as a group of um as a group of writers in yourself is when you're when you're targeting a kind of b2b market where their audience is going to be inclusive within their own sort of click they're gonna almost have how do you get into that sort of inside joke because surely that's that's the avenue uh for that kind of content how how do you get is that through working with the client very very closely 
Do you know what? It's 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 all about deep research. I, th I think you know we we've just done a uh, we, we we sometimes for clients that aren't necessarily sure that we can deliver exactly what they need and their audience need. We do this thing called a simulated Twitter takeover, where we basically we put together a website that shows them what their feed would look like if we were working with them. So that's sort of like a, oh, wow. an entry level project, and mm. we've just done that for a particular B two B client and. Mm. It was so they're, they're, a, they're a video editing uh, software, quite a, quite a disruptive company. And mm. we basically, you know, you, you find groups on Facebook uh, that have the target audience in, you see what they're saying, you see what they're talking about, you know, you, you, you sit alongside them and you get those topics from them. I, I think, yeah, it's, it's all about research. That, that's why it all comes down to the audience. We, we, you know, whether, whether the audience is, is you know, middle-aged women that like washing up liquid or whether it is is 60-year-old, you know, CTOs that are going to want to buy an editing system to put, to put in their, you know, some kind of media business, you mm -hmm. just have to get to know them and, and then f lean on that. And I think that's that's another thing that's that's great about the way we work is you know if you hired one comedy writer and said hey you know hey darren can can you write can you write these jokes for for for, for this washing up liquid darren mm. might struggle but in our hive mind in the you know in the 30 35 writers that we've got in the mix there's always enough people that are in line with that demographic that can help steer the ship and i think you know all you need is a couple of the voices that are, that are most relevant just to make sure that everyone else gets on board and i think you know it's what good ideas snowball so you know once you've nailed the audience and you've nailed jokes that are going to resonate everyone goes oh yeah now i see and then it becomes again actually more of a functional process than anything else it's it's really really fascinating it's, it is really interesting to uh to hear how that whole process works and for me i, I mean i envy you massively i think <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> i think it's such a, an amazing environment to to be in the one thing i uh i will and I'll, I'll i'll be absolutely hung out to dry if i didn't ask this question now that we've talked about it for you know 20 minutes you know what are some of the best examples you, you must have now a range of examples where you've worked with clients and you, do you know what in fact i've you sent me something before before this interview and it was possibly the most entertaining email that I have ever had <laughs> come through in a very, very long time, even during COVID, which has been an absolute uh, regeneration in creativity for email marketing. But this one has been absolutely fantastic. Some of the examples that you um, that you posed and also the, the development process, which you alluded to before, was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So yeah, please share some of the examples that you've uh, that you come up with for, for clients well, in the past. Do you know what? That's actually what that's something that I'll avoid doing. And the, and the, the reason for that is I will deliver every joke badly. I uh, <laughs> it, it's you know these these jokes are designed. We've we've been doing we've been doing loads of our own video content recently to, for for this launch we're gearing up for, and mm -hmm. I'm having to deliver some of the jokes. And you know I, I get lots of takes and I get I get to make sure that we we we, we nail it. Um, but I, but I think anyone that wants to see examples, go to our website and you, you can see them in all their glory as they're meant to be. Because I think you know written comedy and verbal comedy are very different. So that's that's my that's my sneaky get out. But we, we we've got a massive library of, of samples we'd love to share so anyone that wants to have a look come and come and have a look i can't there's absolutely fair enough that's the, absolutely the right thing to do if, if in that case in that scenario and I, i'm almost feel guilty for asking you in the first place um don't you adam, worry, I, don't you worry. <laughs> adam thank you uh, well no one last question i was gonna before before you go because there will be people listening that are gonna go okay i really want to start thinking and i think you've given some fantastic advice already throughout that but if there was one takeaway if there was one thing um 
for small businesses out there or even, you know, startups or whatever that are thinking, I just want to make some of my, you know, social a little bit more engaging, you know, a little bit more comedic, a little bit more creative. What would be that one thing to think about, you know, whether it be research or whether, you know, what, what would it be just to help people light that spark, I suppose? Well, I, I think, do you know what? If they're already doing what they should be doing for their for the rest of their marketing, that in theory, that research should already, already be done. You should already know everything there is to know about your audience if you're not you, you, you know you're, you're you're making a mistake to begin with i think when Absolutely. it comes when it comes to to injecting the humor it's the, the the easiest the easiest technique to lean on is just exaggeration right so just mm. just take something that is great about working with you or your brand and exaggerate it until it makes you laugh or mm -hmm. take a consequence of not having your brand or your product, your service. And again, exaggerate that consequence until it makes you laugh. You, you've written your first joke. I think obviously there's, there's more to it than that, but that's, you know, that's for sure the easiest route to, to turning a brand, a brand message into comedy is just exaggeration. Which is interesting because one one of my favourite books is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and that's exactly how Douglas Adams worked with the start of Hitchhiker's Guide, where he said he, he kept pontificating on the question, "Well, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna demolish a house. What's the next? I'm gonna demolish the Earth, and then what happens after you demolish the Earth?" And in, until it became funny, and that was his whole mental sort of train of thought throughout that process, which is fascinating. So yeah, that's a really good sort of technique and uh, and thing to uh, to work on. Adam, before I let you go, please let everybody know how they can find out more about you um about about white label and um uh yeah how, how can they find out more about you have a look on the internet basically well, that's a good way to yeah, start yeah. <laughs> white, white label comedy.com is uh is, is is where you'll find all, all you need to find all you know you can you can find me on linkedin uh but basically yeah we we we, we Luckily, we're such a, an unusual company to exist that Google's quite quite savvy about sending you our way. So, yeah, white level comedy is all, all we need to type into any of the internet, and you'll find us. And what have you got coming up? I know you've got something um, really exciting, which I, I think you should let people know. You even said before this, which is very, very kind of you. I'm not going to plug the hell out of this, but I feel like you should tell people about this. <laughs> you're, you're, you're very kind. You're very kind. Well, I, I think a, a, a big, you know, a, a big thing for us is everyone's world has changed in, 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 in you know, with, with all this, all this shit that's going on at the moment. Right. And I think, mm. you know, so is ours. And I think until now we were very much all about monthly packages, you know, to, for us to do our best work for people, we're like, we need to be working with them on a monthly basis so that we can keep improving month on month. But mm. what we've realized is that everyone is in this sort of push pull at the moment between the need to move forwards and do new things and, you know, just get in motion because when, the world finishes opening up again they need to be moving forwards and the need for cautious commitment and you know no, just not overcoming to stuff that they can't necessarily afford when they don't know what tomorrow looks like so we've shifted our focus away from monthly packages they're still there for those that want them but we're launching our pay-as-you-go uh content packs so really simply for, for brands that or you know small businesses that, that are keen to just just you know test the waters commission us for a finite number of of, of posts you know whether it's 20 40 80 160 um and we deliver those and then you just come back when you when you when you need more i think and already you know the the, the feedback we're getting from just from the fact that we're willing to do this and not insist on 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 a monthly retainer from people is is huge so i, I think fingers crossed it's, it's going to work but i think um you know the what that's that's something you know 
knowing your audience is really important. And right now our audience has changed because the world mm. has changed. And I think, you know, we, we've massively overhauled our own offering just to make sure that we can be as much use to the people that need us as we can. So, yeah, that's so that's what we're, we're gearing up for. And uh, I will say this, he, he wouldn't share any uh, any with us, unfortunately, on the podcast. But I will say this, you, you need to go and check out some of the examples of his um, of you guys' work because it's absolutely incredible, super, super funny. Um, some of the ones that I read read earlier were, were just brilliant. So I do recommend that you go and check out some of the examples of, um, of you guys' work. It's been, it's been fantastic to read. Awesome. Thank you very much, Tom. Adam, thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and uh, I hope, I hope, I hope uh, you have a fantastic, well, hopefully we all get out of this lockdown uh, all in one place, uh, all in one piece, should I say. And, um, and you have a fantastic summer. Awesome. Thanks, mate. You too. Been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay, so that was Adam Hunt from White Label Comedy. Uh, really interesting chat. I really enjoyed this idea and um, of just creating more engaging content for your users for your audience because it's not it's I suppose it sounds like it's not that difficult but I suppose in practice it really is quite difficult and that's why they have those guys um, and that group of writers and that those comedians with that hive mind attitude of putting ideas together and I imagine it can be quite really really difficult and quite stressful but anyway if you want to get in touch with them, you really, really should. I think the um, the the premise of how engaged that your content can be, um, if you apply some of those methods, is it, it really has hold, holds no bounds, really. Anyway, I'd love to hear your questions, your queries, your feedback about the show. So don't forget, you can get in contact with the podcast by emailing us, podcast.dmpunk.co.uk, or you can connect with me across all social media. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash imdmpunk, on Twitter at imdmpunk, on Instagram at imdmpunk, and you can also connect with me on LinkedIn by searching for Digital Marketing Punk. It'd be great if you haven't done so already to subscribe to the Digital Marketing Podcast. so do it. Click subscribe, and if you really like the show and you really really want to help me out and show your appreciation which I'd love you to do by the way please give us a five star review on iTunes which is not called iTunes anymore it's not called Apple Podcasts so I don't know what it's called anymore um anyway just give us five stars wherever there's five stars just provide them um anyway I hope you'll join me next time on the next episode of the digital marketing podcast I'll see you then